0: All right, all right, all right. It is week 13 of the One Event Podcast. I am David Schiff, as always, here with my compatriot, my partner, my colleague, the man, the myth, the legend, Miles V. Miles, how
1: are you doing, buddy? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. David, I have a question I'd like to pose to you, okay? Okay. We're now at week 13 of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. So you and I have been doing this. We've been doing this for like three months now. It seems people enjoy the show. At least that's the feedback I'm getting. Hundreds of them, thousands of them. Well, so my question is this, and let me set it up by saying in the early 2000s, when someone was out of a job and they enjoyed trading stocks, people started calling themselves day traders in quotes and declared it as their profession. Okay. And then in the 2010s, when someone was out of a job and they enjoyed playing poker, people started calling themselves professional poker players, in quotes. Now, I'm not aware of any paperwork that one files to become a professional day trader, and I don't know where you call a press conference to announce that you've become a professional poker player, but let me ask you this. Since I am technically unemployed and I enjoy doing this podcast, does that make me a professional podcaster? I
0: will tell you this. If you continue to have the results you are having, and I am not going to bury the lead people, Miles cashed for his ninth straight week. You can call that a career. Absolutely. Because you are nailing it, hitting it out of the park. And as I keep saying on Twitter, are you paying attention? Because what you're doing is pretty amazing
1: okay, but but is there like a monetary threshold that I have to reach to become a professional podcast person? I mean, I've earned zero actual dollars from the podcast, but this has to be the most fun I've had in a long time. So I'm thinking I'm going to put it on a resume. I might claim that I'm just as popular as Joe Rogan in certain demographics. I don't know, but I just want to say, you know, coming out of Thanksgiving, I'm thankful that we're doing this.
0: I think in 20 years, when you look back at your long storied handicapping podcasting career, you're going to look back at the Wanna Bet podcast and say, that's where it's all started. That's where I got my mojo. That's where I created my rules 1A and 1B. And I'm sure in 20 years, there'll be more rules. And you'll say, that's that's what prompted me to get into this business and turn my little hobby where I wasn't making money into a lucrative career because You uh, have the Midas touch. We're going to talk about some crazy games going on. But wow, what a Thanksgiving weekend. A lot of great football. I hope you had a great meal.
1: I know it's one of your favorites, isn't it? It's my least favorite meal. But I think my aunt either heard my podcast ahead of the meal or someone tipped her off. She made me a brisket for Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, that's true love right there. So you got a little bit of a brisket surprise. That's nice.
1: Oh, my God. It was actually probably the best surprise of the week. So I was very fortunate there. It was very tasty, and it made Thanksgiving meal an enjoyable meal for me.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. I have to say that I love Thanksgiving dinner, and the one that I had down in San Diego was one of the top three in my life. It was fantastic. Moist turkey, great side dishes, Pecan pie, homemade. It was fantastic. I had a uh, had a great weekend. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm now 20 pounds heavier. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Had a better eating weekend than I did a football weekend. But let's just tell everybody, remind
1: our new listeners, because I'm sure we're going to have new listeners, how the WannaBet podcast works. And before we do, let's remind you, you're not supposed to say the word moist. That's not an appropriate word anymore. So get that out of your vernacular.
0: Well, you know what? Um, every now and then I get a little moist and I just have to put it out there. Um, Wanna Bet podcast works like this. So every week, Miles and I put $1,000 into our imaginary banks and we make a series of bets primarily on the NFL. Each bet has to be a minimum of $100. We have to make at least three bets. So what we do at the start of the podcast is we're going to take a look back at the bets we made last week. We are going to cry over the bad beats and losses. We're going to gloat over the wins. And then in the middle of the podcast, we will turn our attention to the next week of football. A lot of great games coming down the road. Uh, And I'm just going to jump in here. My weekend started fantastically. I had the first game on Thanksgiving morning, which was uh, Detroit Buffalo. I had bet uh, 230 on the Detroit Lions plus nine and a half to cover uh, at home to win 209. And this was a absolute cakewalk from the first minute. I nailed this bet. Uh, The Detroit Lions were never even close to being behind in this game. Uh, In fact, early on in the fourth quarter, they were ahead. And I wondered, hmm, am I going to regret not taking them on the money line? But it so often happens in the NFL. The good teams find a way to win. The Bills got the ball back with 23 seconds left in a tie game. They go 48 yards in four plays. They kick a game-winning field goal with two seconds left. I admit it. I might've shed a little bit of a tear for Dan Campbell. I love that guy. I want that guy to turn that team around. He just can't quite get over the hump. You know, maybe the bills are going to start renting out lion stadium because they've won twice there in the span of five days. I don't care any about the score. I don't care about any of the bills. Cause I had, you know, Detroit and a lot of points, nine and a half, they covered easily. I put four thirty nine in my bank and I thought I was off and running on a great Thanksgiving weekend.
1: And the truth is, I thought that was a great bet when you made it. I I didn't bet the Thursday games, but gave my my leanings, and that was certainly one of them. And uh, when I saw later in the week, uh, one of the sports handicappers that I watched, Kelly in Vegas, said that was her top bet of the week, and I knew that right then and there that that was going to be uh, a good bet for for you, and one that I. Kind of wish I would have put myself on as well.
0: Well, as we've talked about before, when you have an underdog and a lot of points and the game is tight all the way through, it's never a sweat because your team never, you know, approaches not covering the points. And that's what it was for me. I had made a bold prediction last week that this was going to be my perfect week. I started off strong. I went into Sunday really optimistic and then everything just fell to shit. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. So let's talk about my other two bets. I had the over in the San Francisco-New Orleans Saints game. The over was 430. That was my big bet of the week. I had bet 440 to win 400. Now, Miles, do you remember your bet two weeks ago when you had the Vikings at home and they lost 40-3 to to the Cowboys? Do you remember that game? I'm trying to forget that game, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just bringing it up because you've been so good. I just want to sort of try to like even things out. This was like that bet for me. It was like I made a bet in an alternate universe. This game was about as far from an over as you can get. Now, first of all, 49ers fans, I am putting out an APB on Christian McCaffrey. He had 11 carries for 32 yards, 6 catches for 17 yards, and this was one week after he had 7 carries for 39 yards against Arizona. I thought that was a bit of an anomaly, but maybe not. And, you know, I'd be a little bit nervous if I were a 49er fan, Um, even though they're playing well, you know, supposedly they make this big trade and he's sort of disappearing. I'm not sure what's going on there.
1: I think they're saving him for the playoffs. Let's just put it out there.
0: Okay, well, that's part of the strategy that I'm not privy to. And it did not help my betting. Now, the 49ers lack of offense might have been a little bit of a surprise, but it was nothing compared to the Saints lack of offense. The Saints were shut out for the first time in 21 years. I mean, this game was an offensive nightmare everywhere you looked. Alvin Kamara lost a fumble on the first drive for the Saints. Uh, he'd fumbled again in the second half. There were eight punts in this game. There was a missed field goal. There were two missed fourth down you know, plays that turned the ball over. But you know what? Who am I kidding? None of these plays was going to get me anywhere near 43 points. I'm just going to admit it. I whiffed on this one. It happens. This looks extraordinarily bad.
1: You weren't the only one. I, I mean, I think, uh, I think Dave Siegel was on that bet as well. He was, and we'll talk about our good friend Dave Siegel in a minute. Uh,
0: he was on that bet, and he also uh, shares some of my misery for the weekend. Now, my last bet was Seattle minus three and a half over the Raiders in Seattle.
1: The who? Did you say the Raiders? I I don't know
0: what you're referring to because this is a team where I don't reference in my betting. I did bet 330 to win 300. And and maybe there was a vague memory of me saying, yes, I know I said I wasn't going to bet on the Raiders anymore because they're so unpredictable. And yes, I might have gotten involved in another game that they were a part of. You know what, though? I. Oh, this game, I honestly think this game was really more about the Seahawks and not taking advantage of some of their early opportunities than it really was about the Raiders winning it. I mean, the Seahawks, they intercepted David Carton the first play of the game. They scored two plays later. They just couldn't break away from the Raiders. Gino, Gino Smith had a key interception. The Raiders would just find ways to get back in the game. But with all of this back and forth of me going crazy. The Seahawks were up 34-27 with six minutes to go in the game. Then the Raiders tie it to force overtime. Then the Raiders miss a field goal in overtime, and Seattle gets the ball, and I'm like, great. You know, if they can just go down and score a touchdown, I still have this game, but they don't. They punt, and I'm still thinking if somebody scores a touchdown, hopefully it's the Seahawks, and on the next play somebody did score a touchdown. But it was the Raiders. Josh Jacobs rushes for 85 yards in one play. <laughs> I lose this game and mark my words, Miles V I am not betting on the Raiders for the rest of the season. Unless I see another line that I really, 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 really like.
1: (laughs) Oh, I see. So you're going to equivocate. I see. No unequivocal. This one. Uh, is. Yes, of course, dude, you got to go with your instincts. You got to just say, look, I don't have a feel for that team. It's okay to lay off. Every time you try to come back and and make a tweak, you know, it just hasn't worked out. So listen, I've I've been swearing off the road favorites. So, and look what it's done for me. And that's a lot of games every week. So
0: You're right. But I again, in my defense, I really thought it was about the feeling I thought I had on the Seahawks more than the Raiders. <sighs> you know, hey, the Raiders, the Chargers have a big game coming up. Can't wait to put some bets on that. Two teams, I have no idea what's going on. So, anyway, that was my week. I finished the week with 439. Um, As you might guess, that was second place between the two of us for the week.
1: Miles, how'd you do? Well, before I get into how I did, let's look at our listeners and see how they did. Okay? And week 12 was a tough week for our listeners. Not just you, but them too. None of our followers actually did particularly well. Uh, Don, he had one winner picking the Commanders. May the Lord open. Uh, Thankfully, he's still rolling in cash from his parlay early in the beginning of the season where he hit one out of the park. So he still has money going there. But RJ got shut out this week. Bill Koklanis got shut out for the second week in a row. I mean, those guys must have been traveling or something for the holidays and didn't get a chance to study the board because they don't usually miss like that. Um, And Dave Siegel. Well, thankfully, we heard from Dave Siegel and that he survived his Vegas trip. Um, I hope he also survived his penicillin shot coming from Vegas, but I think he too was shut out week 12.
0: Yeah, he sure was. So he had the 49er Saints over like I did. He also had the Green Bay Packers plus six and a half. Uh, that did not come in for him. And then he had the Miami Houston over, which was 47 total store in that game was 45. So that was his big bet, 550 to win 500. So he was agonizingly close there Dave we love you we know you're out there listening we can't wait to hear what you do next week come back in the water's warm
1: yeah it's a new week plenty of promise and, and don't forget listeners you too can make your bets with us each week by going to at one of that podcast on twitter absolutely so looking at my week um my first bet was Chicago Bears, New York Jets under 41 and a half. And you have to remember, we recorded our podcast on Tuesday of last week, and I made my picks early Tuesday morning. The over-under on the Bears-Jets was 41 and a half at the time, and there wasn't enough information out there to know who actually was going to be playing QB. Okay, Fields had an injury, but we didn't know his status. Zach Wilson, he had a mental injury along with the press conference where he shit his pants and denied any responsibility for the fact that the Jets sucked the week before. Did you see this week when the Denver defense got mad at Russell Wilson because he sucked? I did see some sideline yelling going on there, yeah. The Jets were tame when it came to Zach Wilson. Now that I put it all together, you got Zach Wilson, Russell Wilson, maybe people with the last name Wilson shouldn't be quarterbacks. Okay? I mean, Wade Wilson wasn't very good either, you know. Anyway... Uh, Getting back to the over-under line at 41.5, that line dropped significantly during the week. And actually, at game time, it was down to like 37.5. So I needed every bit of that 41.5 number because I should have lost the game. But I didn't. All right? But I'm going to recap it for you. I mean, the, the first five minutes, the Jets scored a touchdown. And that was quickly followed by a Bears field goal. And then the next time the Bears got the ball, Trevor Simeon looked like an actual quarterback and he threw a touchdown pass. And by halftime, 27 points were on the board. So on a 41 and a half, 27 points, I could only afford two more touchdowns. Third quarter starts, the Jets are carving up the Bears. Back to back runs of 20 plus yards. The game was not looking good at all. Uh Jets ended up scoring two touchdowns in the third quarter, and now the game's at 41. So I had to still sweat an entire fourth quarter, okay? And the Jets were not letting up. In fact, they even tried a 53-yard field goal to go up by 24 points instead of up by 21 points. And sure as shit, Greg, Greg Zerline was the one kicking. And shankfully, he missed. But I still had to withstand uh, a Bears you know, drive at the end. And this was like one of those feel-good drives so that Trevor Simeon could have some confidence. And he made it all the way down to the red zone. And what happens? He threw an interception, and thank God he did. Zero points were scored in the fourth quarter. I was given a gift for Thanksgiving. I happily accept that game.
0: Yeah, you and I were texting during this game, and we were texting at the beginning as if it's just a matter of time until you lose this game, and then every, the, the skies opened, choirs started singing. I mean, 41 points scored in the first 43 minutes of the game and zero in the last 17. And When that field goal missed, I was watching kind of on ESPN, and I was like, man, he's going to win this bet, and sure as shit. You know, that thing, you know, came through. And as you said, that was your big bet of the week. So it was quite a Thanksgiving gift that you uh, put in your bank there.
1: Yeah, uh, that right there would have been enough to win the week. But uh, let's not stop there. Let's move on to bet number two, which was the Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee Titans over, which I got at forty-two and a half. And this is a game that I lost, but I totally thought I was going to win. I mean, this game was 10-10 at the half, so 20 points out of the 42-and-a-half. Okay, I had almost half the points, and, you know, that's a small uphill battle, but totally achievable, okay? Then the teams get knotted at 13 after three quarters, so 26 points, three quarters. I needed a relatively big fourth quarter, but that's fine because there was a quick touchdown in the fourth followed by a field goal, and now we're at 20-16. to to 36 points, one more touchdown, and I cover the over. Had enough time to do it, and what happens? Cincinnati marches the ball down to the red zone. The Titans hold them off, okay, for a field goal attempt, which is not fatal because there was still about two minutes left, so after the field goal, Tennessee could have gotten the ball, you know, with time left to score a touchdown to tie the game and would have definitely hit the over. But what happens? So Cincinnati kicks the field goal, it's 23-16, to but there's a flag on Titans' Kevin Strong, who apparently can the center as like you used to do in elementary school, where you like push him over on his head and he falls backwards, and that was an unnecessary roughness call. 15-yard penalty, they take the points off the board, and instead of getting the ball back and going for a touchdown... Or instead of being at the seven-yard line and Cincinnati rushing it in to go up two scores, they take three knees and that's the game. And I just watched my chances of winning just evaporate. So this was one where, you know, don't can the center when you're about to get the ball back for a game-tying drive. And not enough was said about that, but that was a really shitty way to lose my bet.
0: The football gods give gifts and the football gods take them away. And it just felt that you were just sort of destined not to win this game. It was a bit of a grind. You got some bad calls here and there. There just wasn't a lot of offensive kind of rhythm in this game. Cincinnati did win their third straight. I believe that streak is going to end next week.
1: We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But yeah,
0: one and one so far for you.
1: Yeah, well... Fuck Tennessee. I mean, I said that they were the top team against the spread uh, this year, and they didn't cover. And so, you know, they lose two. They get a penalty. If I'm going to lose, they're going down with me. Anyway, uh, my last bet was the Green Bay-Philly game, and that was the over, which was at 46.5, which we both noted last week was a pretty big number to cover. And my analysis was, look, This is a primetime Sunday night game. It's going to be a shootout. It's Aaron Rodgers needing to, you know, make an impact. And what happens? The halftime score was 27 to 20, and the bet is already in by halftime. I didn't even need to watch the rest of the game. And just so you know, 73 total points were scored. And so this game was just exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, And it was a joy, to be honest, in large part because Aaron Rodgers got hurt during the game. And I don't like the Packers this year, and uh, they seem to be eliminated from the playoff race. So screw them! I won, and uh, that was a two hundred and thirty dollar bet to win two oh nine, which brought me to twelve seventy nine on the week, and that is ten out of twelve NFL weeks where I'm cash positive, including the last nine weeks in a row. He's gotta be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh... So I'm up almost two grand this year. I'm picking these games at about 60%. I'm really pleasantly surprised with these numbers, and I hope to keep grinding out some more wins. It'd be great to go the whole season at or above this level. So I'm excited about week 13.
0: Yeah, that was an impressive bet. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, for me, for what you've done, first of all, encapsulating your total results for the year, Unbelievable results. You know, if you didn't hear what Miles just said, he's cashed nine weeks in a row, 10 out of 12, incredible results. But this bet in particular, when you took the Packers in and over, yeah, you can say it's prime time and it's going to be a shootout, but there is nothing, you know, in my analysis of the Packers season to date that led me to believe they were going to be in a shootout with young wide receivers and an old cranky quarterback This is probably the most impressive bet that you have made this year from my perspective. Because, again, to have the savvy to look at all the data and say, I think it's going to be an over. And then this game unfolded like an overbetter's dream. Chunk plays, turnovers, points. It was insane. I mean, who wins an overbet by halftime? It just all fell into place. Kudos to you, but I was kind of watching it with my jaw on the ground going, I can't believe he picked it so accurately and I can't believe it's coming
1: through, you know, so easily without without a sweat at all. Thank you. That's really nice of you to say. Um, I don't know. There's just some times where I think star marquee players, you know, have a platform to to really kind of showcase their talent. And that's what I thought was going to be between Jalen Hurts and Aaron Rodgers and yeah Aaron Rodgers did get hurt but it wasn't until the end and it wasn't even hurt to the point where he's not playing i think he's actually starting this week but yeah i just kind of felt that was a spot that that you know was semi predictable look just like you mentioned i got the vikings game wrong a couple of weeks ago and was way way off this was just one where i had a had a good sense for
0: well, you certainly knew what was going on, and you earned yourself a dim sum lunch, which we have not cashed in yet, but we will be doing shortly, which I'm very excited about. I will happily be paying for that lunch, because that will be quite a treat as we head to Chinatown. And I believe this week we are playing for a special hamburger Santa Monica excursion, if I'm not
1: mistaken. We are. I uh, During COVID, there was this a couple of guys out here actually near us in the Calabasas area that started their own business. And it was like a pop-up restaurant called heavy-handed, heavy-handed burger, I believe was the entirety of it. And people were raving about it. I saw it all over Facebook. Anyone I talked to that tried their burger said it was the best thing they've ever had. Well, they just located a brick and mortar place down in, in Santa Monica, pretty close to where we used to work. And so uh, I'm all in for, in favor of, you know, making another drive to the city and checking out our old haunt and trying this burger place. So heavy-handed burger for those of you in the LA area that are looking for a new joint.
0: Heavy-handed it is. As you well know, listeners out there, Miles and I love our food. So we'll be excited to check that out. And just to sort of a little bit more of a recap, after 12 weeks, Miles is up seven weeks to five weeks and his bank is at 13806 Mine is at 10172 as we head into the next week. Let's turn our attention to week 13 of the NFL season. We have some things on the podcast coming up that have never happened before. I'm excited about that. I believe Mr. V is taking four
1: bets this week. So, Miles, let's get into it. Who do you like? Yeah, this week I'm taking four bets, which I've already mentioned. It's a lot harder to win four bets than to win three. But I looked at the slate this week and I just certain games kind of jumped out at me, I suppose, or or looked interesting to me. And I didn't want to miss out on any of them because last week when we were talking about Thanksgiving, you know, I had also said the Lions. I had also said the Giants were going to cover against the Cowboys and they ended up with a backdoor cover. And so. When you're picking the games right but not jumping on them, it makes you feel like you're missing out on something. So I'm going to try for a fourth game this week. So my first game is going to be Minnesota Vikings minus three against the New York Jets. Okay, And this is going to be 440 to win 400. All right, let's just get this out there. It's a 10 o'clock game in Minnesota, which we know Kirk Cousins is his favorite time to play. It's not prime time, although he did overcome his prime time issues by winning the other night. Um, But this is where he excels, okay? Now, you're going to say the Jets. Yeah, I've been on the Jets a lot this year, and they're a good team. But again, this is a small spread. And I watched the Jets game as they played Chicago last week. They played Chicago last week. That's why they got so many points. The Bears' defense is in disarray. So it's not uncommon to me to see a team throw up a 30-plus against them, okay? But Minnesota is not the Bears, okay? Minnesota is atop the NFC. I like what they're doing with uh, with their run game. I like their distribution. The Jefferson, even Adam Thielen had a touchdown score. You got Hawkinson in the mix. I just think they're a strong team, and only giving three points at home they're looking good to me, all right? I realize the Jets are running out with a new quarterback named White. Fine. Uh, I watched him play. He looked serviceable. But again, remember they were playing the Bears. Don't give them too much credit. It was the Bears. This is Minnesota all the way. To quote the legendary
0: Lee Corso from ESPN's College Game Day, not so fast, my friend, because for the first time in One of Bet history, you and I are on opposing sides of a game. I am taking the New York Jets plus three. You and I are looking at this game quite differently. Really? Mike White is no quarterback whose last name is Wilson. This guy came off the bench in the rain and was 22 of 28 for 315 yards and three touchdowns. In the rain. I don't care what defense you're playing. Mike White has four starts in the NFL. In two of them, he has over 300 yards passing and three touchdowns. Only four other quarterbacks in NFL history can say that. One of them is Patrick Mahomes. I think the momentum carries over to this game. And like the 49ers, very similar team, the Jets don't need a great quarterback to win. They have other pieces. They are a top five team in defensive points allowed. And in opponent's yards per play, they also have one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Sauce Gardner, who's going to be matched up against Justin Jefferson. I'm just not sold on the Vikings. Yes, we've, we've joked that Cousins only shows up in early games. If you remember the Dallas game a couple of weeks ago, that was a one o'clock game. So that's theoretically one of the games where he's supposed to be doing better. And they lost by 37 points at home. They did come back and beat the Patriots last week, but they did it giving up 26 points. And they gave up a career high in passing yards to Matt Jones, who's not exactly Joe Montana. So they are not, you know, firing on all cylinders. Now, I was actually tempted to take this game on the money line. So, if I bet 330 on the spread, it gives me a $300 return for a total of $630. If I bet that same $330 on the money line at plus 135 I get $445 back for a total of $775. Is the extra 145 worth the three points? In this case, no. But I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take my quiet riding the momentum, and I say the Jets cover. Let's do it. Let's go after it. This game is going to be one of bad history.
1: You've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky?
0: Well, do you, punk? Which pretty much ensures I'm going to lose.
1: <laughs> wow, I can't believe we're on opposite sides of a game finally. But uh, And it's this one, and your analysis you know, is pretty sound. You know, I can't say I like your bet like I did uh, last week on Detroit, so there you have (laughs) it. Can't
0: say I like your bet, Larry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'll tell you my second bet. Um, My second bet has a lot to do with the conversation we had earlier today, and so I ended up taking the Miami Dolphins plus four against the San Francisco 49ers, and I had thought you were going to be on the Niners, and we had talked about that a little bit, but the more and more I looked at that game, the more it screamed to me, Take Miami in the points, okay? Now, I know you like San Francisco, and you think they're a very powerful team, and they are very sound on offense, and they've got a very sturdy defense, and they do. I, I, you know, was actually concerned about your overbet last week at 43, but here's what I'm thinking, and I think we covered this during another podcast, the games that Tua starts and finishes, he's undefeated. I mean, that guy, when he gets in a game and plays it through and doesn't get knocked out with a concussion, He's as good as any quarterback this year and has to be considered among one of the top three, uh, if you ask me. And what he's doing with Waddle and what he's doing with Hill and what he's doing with Mostert, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Miami is a really interesting team to watch. Okay, Now, they're on the road. They're playing at San Francisco. And that reminds me, back in 1985, the only Super Bowl I ever went to Was the Miami Dolphins quarterback by Dan Marino against the San Francisco 49ers quarterback by Joe Montana? That game was played in Palo Alto, okay? And San Francisco handed Miami their ass. Well, you know what? I'm saying, you know, 30 some odd years later, it's time for payback, okay? Miami plus four, they're gonna at least cover. I'm gonna bet 330 to win 300.
0: Well, you're right. I was looking at the 49ers minus four. So we were almost uh, on opposing sides of two games. Where I landed was Jimmy Garoppolo has a bum knee. I think he's going to play, but not at 100%. So that made me a little nervous. The mystery disappearance of Christian McCaffrey also made me a little nervous. I will say that the 49ers haven't given up a second half point in three games, not a point in three games. So That credit's got to go to Kyle Shanahan and the defensive side because they're making adjustments and they're doing something right. So it's going to be a tall order. Uh, Miami's got some good pieces on offense, and 49ers have some good pieces on
1: defense. They do. You might've dodged a bullet. You might've, but you know what? I I want to say this. You're saying, I, I read something that I think Christian McCaffrey's not at hundred percent. And I think their other running back is also injured. So I think the running game is going to suffer and we're going to have to see Garoppolo, you know, take it to the air. And I think that's going to be a little more one dimensional. And I think Miami can keep it close if they know they can expect the pass. And so, you know, getting more than a field goal, I'm excited about the points.
0: Yeah, the question is, can Miami score? And they've proven they have, you know, throughout the season. But it will be a tough task. They're flying 3,000 miles, playing a tough team at home. So we'll see how it goes. All right, that's your second bet. My second bet. My second bet is I am taking Tennessee plus 5.5 over the Eagles, uh, playing in Philadelphia. This is my big bet of the week, 440 to win 400. I'm taking the Road Titans. Uh, to bounce back after not covering this past weekend in a home loss to the Bengals. Now, Miles, the Titans are 7-4 this season. Now, in week two, they lost to the Bills 41-7. That was three months ago. So why am I bringing this up now? Well, if you take that one game out of their schedule, they are 7-3, They haven't given up more than 22 points in any game, and their biggest loss of the season is by four points. And that includes only giving up 20 points to both the Chiefs and the Bengals, two of the better offenses in the the, the NFL. And even though they're 10-1, and the Eagles' rushing defense isn't great. It's ranked 24th in the league, and I think the Titans are going to exploit that. Last week, Derrick Henry had 38 yards last weekend. Am I worried about that? I am not, because Derrick Henry has a history of getting pissed when he has bad performances and coming out of the gate with really strong performances the next week. And I think that's what's going to happen in this game. Now, I think that it's going to be a tough game, but it really comes down to, mm, you know, a tough physical attacking defense from the Titans. I think that they should feel good in this matchup against a run-heavy Eagles offense. The Eagles have had issues when they play dominant rush defenses like Washington and Indianapolis, both games recently that they had you know trouble scoring points. So I like the combination of the Titans rushing attack. I think there's an angry Derrick Henry coming back. I like the five and a half points. I like their rushing defense. I like the fact that they cover. And one more fun stat. Under Coach Mike Vrabel, when the Titans are an underdog of three or more points. They are 17 and 7 against the spread. I like those numbers.
1: I'll take the Titans. The team is good against the spread. There's no question about it. But the thing about the Eagles, and we knew this from week 1 when they played Detroit, they could win a game by 21, they could win a game by 3. You don't know which Eagles team is going to show up. And the Eagles to me are, you know, top of the class when it comes to NFC teams. They're my prediction to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And so I think they're going to win the game. The question is, are they going to win it by five and a half? And you never know. Um, it's a tough one. It's not a bet I was willing to make. Um, and so I'm laying off of it. And you just never know if the Eagles are going to just put a hurting on you and, uh, and end up putting up like 35, 42 points.
0: If it were a m- month ago and the way the Eagles were playing, I wouldn't make this bet. But they've been a little bit off kilter. Uh, And I think you're right. It's not about the win. It's about the points. I can see them winning by a field goal. I'm happy for them to win by a field goal.
1: This also could be an A.J. Brown revenge game, right? He's playing for the Eagles against his old team, and he might have a little something to show. So I'd be careful. We'll see. What's your third bet? So my third bet is, guess what? It's a lesson one and lesson 1A. And for those of you that are trying to remember what was lesson one and lesson 1A, Lesson one is stop betting against home underdogs. And lesson 1A, trust that theory and start betting on the home underdogs. Well, here I've got a Detroit Lions home underdog. Fine. They're only getting one point against Jacksonville, but that's a home dog in my book. Listen, Detroit won three games in a row, and last week when they covered, it actually seemed like a win. So I feel like they're on a hot streak, okay? Okay. And Jacksonville, yes, I think they're finally putting up some points, but I'm not sure that Travis Etienne is going to be playing. He got nicked up last week. And, yes, Zay Jones is coming out of nowhere and making a lot of plays, but Detroit is – all things are clicking for them, and I think this is a game that's totally achievable for them to win. After watching them, you know, pretty much dominate the Bills during Thanksgiving, I feel good about – then the next week against the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, I, I all of your analysis makes sense. I have zero feeling on this game. You've got Jacksonville coming off a win that they might have gotten a little lucky against Baltimore versus Detroit who lost a game that they let slip away. How are these teams going? Uh, Is tight. It's a pickem. Are you getting Detroit, you know, at the right time when they're going to finally put it together? Can Jacksonville find another way to squeeze out some points and, you know, get some late game magic? I don't know. This isn't a game that appealed to me at all. I had no thoughts on it. Totally get while you're on it. Good luck.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll say this. I'm not making a very large bet with it. I'm only betting 120 to win 109. I do think it'll be a high scoring game. Uh, and uh, but I do think that Detroit, you know, can outmaneuver Jacksonville.
0: Well, speaking of rule number one, rules are meant to be broken because in my last notch, I am. Ugh. My third bet, I am taking a road favorite, the Kansas City Chiefs minus two and a half over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm betting 230 to win 209. Yep, I am boldly breaking rule 1A. Why? Lots of reasons. Well, the Chiefs have won five games in a row. This year, they're 4-1 on the road. In those five games, they average they 35 points a game in those five games. Five of their nine wins have been at least by double digits. And yes, the Bengals have won five out of the last six. And I did seriously consider taking the over in this game, which is 52 and a half. But here's the biggest reason why I like the Chiefs and why I didn't want the over. I wanted the spread. Revenge. The Chiefs want revenge. The Bengals beat them twice last year, including once in the AFC title game. And now they're coming into Cincinnati when Jamar Chase is nicked up. Joe Mixon's coming out of concussion protocol. The Bengals... Even though they've been winning, they're not at full strength. And I think that the Chiefs, one of the highest scoring teams in the league, they are going to jump out early. They are going to be pissed off. They are going to step on the neck of the Bengals. They are not going to let them up. And they are going to cover this two-and-a-half point spread
1: easily. I don't like it. And I don't like it because I think Cincinnati is playing good ball. And this was a team where I was reserving my judgment to say, what kind of team is this going to be this year? I hadn't seen enough of their body of work, and they're just winning games. And they're winning games without Jamar Chase, who is playing this week. So add him to the mix, and I really like it. And you want to talk about nicked up? I mean, let's talk about Juju Smith Schuster. That guy's nicked up, and he's allegedly their number one receiver if you don't count Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. And he just hasn't been playing to his potential. So this is a situation where I would look at the home dog rules and say, yeah, I'd lay off the game. Enti- if you're not going to bet the home dog, I'd lay off it entirely because if this one comes back to bite you, I'm going to give you and I told you so.
0: Travis Kelsey is their number one receiver. They've been putting up huge points. They are going to roll over the Bengals. I think they win by
1: at least seven. All right, well... I made a fourth bet this week, and like I mentioned, the the bet before was 120 to win 109. This is another small bet. This is 110 to win 100. And what I'm doing is I'm taking the Colts plus 11 against the Cowboys. Now, the Colts to me this year have kind of been what the Raiders have been for you. I feel like when I'm betting on them, uh, they don't do well. And when I'm betting against them, they do do well. I don't know. Um, But at the end of the day, they're not a horrible team, and they're getting 11 points, okay? And they're a healthy team. Jonathan Taylor's back to playing. Pittman's playing. They still are throwing Matt Ryan out there. Jeff Saturday, you know, had a good start. I think he had some clock mismanagement at the last game. But even so, when you're getting 11 points, you can afford to have a couple of mishaps. And so this is just one where I think the line is set at too big of a number. Yes, Dallas is a good team. Yes, Dallas won their Thanksgiving game. But again, I mean, how many teams could you say that Dallas is better than by 11 points? Probably the Bears, right? But I just think the Colts have too much talent for this number to be where it is. So... I didn't want to just look at that number and be silent on it and not take it. I'm getting a little action at $110.
0: That is a lot of
1: points. I do not disagree with the bet.
0: If you'd only watched the Colts Steelers first half last week, you probably wouldn't make this bet because their offense was terrible in the first half. I mean, just beyond terrible. I agree. They have some pieces. If you watch the game, the commentary throughout the game is why don't they use Jonathan Taylor more than they do? Nobody thinks they're giving him enough carries. I don't know if he's not a hundred percent. I mean, he was hurt or whatever. I mean, the one thing I'll say is that Dallas has eight victories this year. The margin of victory in those eight games is 15 points. So when they win, they win big. Ironically, when they win at home, it's lower. It's 12.8 points. So who knows? It's a lot of points, but Dallas knows how to separate and score some points.
1: Yeah. uh, I didn't know that number about Dallas. That's interesting. But uh, if you were watching Thanksgiving, you saw that they had uh, a total cover get blown up at the last minute by the, uh, by the giants. And I think that could equally happen here. And with in a league where people are taking knees when they're only up one score and this, that, and the other, I just think 11 is too much to give. Historically, you have certainly um, cemented these
0: rules and done well by betting on them. So, you know, you've got the track record. You've got the money in your bank. Those are the bets. Yeah. I am so excited for this week. We are going to be grinding, texting, talking shit over that Minnesota Jets game. Maybe we should watch it together. That could be interesting. Let, let's figure it out. Absolutely. We're going to be uh, elbowing each other in the ribs on the couch, whatever it takes, man.
1: All right. I'm down.
0: All right. Another WannaBet podcast in the books. Love your body, Larry. No fletch quotes all the way through. I don't know what's going on. Miles, have a great week. We're going to do some eating soon. Listeners out there, we thank you for your support. Thanks for listening to the WannaBet podcast. Peace out, everyone.